0: Will gets the puck for Carrier, he gets stripped, taps the loose puck for Kessel,
1: he scores! Kessel from below the goal line! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show.
0: Knights grab it on the right wing side, Smith to the point, Petrangelo scores!
1: Set up by Riley Smith. In the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
0: Sticks down, drop that puck, we're ready to go. Hour number two, the VGK Insider Show. Lots of swag here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino as we broadcast live from the Underground Lounge. Uh, told you at the end of our number one, and thank you. Everybody so far has done a great job of listening to just being orderly and in line. There's a line of vote, uh, what do you say, 25 people? Ah,
2: 25 70, people. 75 right now. No, not, it's, yeah, not 70, on, It's coming five. out. It's out the
0: door. Now here. you're like now you're like doing Canadian dollars to American dollars. It doesn't work that way. I wouldn't way. know. You've never uh, given me but, the Canadian dollars you Bethany, owe Bethany the bet uh, you lost. Bethany, we are proud to say uh, she got a free drink and she's uh, enjoying uh, that beverage right now and we're ready. To go. James is here, uh, we know that uh, because we had to inform Chapman that James was here during yep. the last commercial break. Yep. He didn't know he thought we were just doing this all on our on our own. This, but James is the uh, engineer. So can you walk he drives me, trains?
2: I, I I need you. That's a okay conductor, but anyway, uh, can you walk me through the Bethany situation one more time? Because like I'm, I'm a little confused. I, I feel like she was the one initially that tripped, but now there's no like no, all no these Bethany did trip, but she came up Bethany, the stairs, yeah.
0: and she kind of walked around. She didn't. So know So she was, there was responsible she, for her own. She tripping. thought there was two lines, right? There she thought there was a line for the yeah. swag mm-hmm. here at the underground lounge, swag. and then there's a. Uh, she thought there was another line to enter the draw for the Beck tickets. Yep. She was going to the Beck tickets and got tripped up and fell down. It, Like, seriously, it, it was kind of scary at first because it looked like she was hurt. But yeah. uh, everything is fine and, uh, and we've got a good line. So uh, just uh, partake and be uh, aware of that as we come in and we get uh, you all set for uh, this hour, which is going to focus a little bit more on tomorrow night. What's going to happen is the Vegas Golden Knights return to practice today in preparation for their game tomorrow against the San Jose Sharks. Not must win, but they don't play a lot this month. They don't, and until with they do, a, with, yeah. a, with everybody else playing. But but look at total games compared no, to yeah, 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 uh, no. December, no, no. January, sure. uh, yeah. and, and February. Th- this is their this is their lightest month. So uh, every game carries increased importance because the other teams are playing more and thus have the ability to rack up uh, increased points. And it's a dogfight. You you look at the standings right now, going into tonight's action, mm-hmm. and we're looking at the Pacific Division, and where where you see Vegas on top, the L.A. Kings are, are right behind at 67 points. Yep. So one point back of Vegas, and then at Seattle, two points back. The wild card features Edmonton three points back. It's it's not a comfortable margin uh, between first and a wild card spout. And then the, the cushion on a playoff position is seven points. Yeah. Like they were, they were seven points. They were 11 points up on L- uh, Edmonton a month ago. And that's been whittled away down to, to three points. So there's... There's uh, not a lot of wiggle room, so you see the added importance. Uh, even though they're better than San Jose, who are on their way to a full rebuild and are not going to make the playoffs this year, you've got to win tomorrow night.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. I, you know, we, we've talked about it, and you know, we talked about it after the win in Nashville, that you've got a real opportunity over the next four games to pick up points and build and get some confidence going in the golden knights through the first three have done that they have taken care of business they've taken care of a nashville team that i've said has been middling all season long they they really did some damage against minnesota and then you come home and you take care of business against anaheim a team that if you want to make the playoffs you have to beat it's just that simple you look at san jose no differently if the golden knights want to make the playoffs if the golden knights want to continue this push in the in the back half of the season They have to take care of business against San Jose. You've got to beat the teams below you in the standings
0: and that this season would tell you, would indicate, you should beat. What just makes it easier on you? Then there's Uh, less less impetus on Saturday night's game against a real tough team and an Eastern Conference contender in Tampa Bay. And then if you win both those games... It gives you the chance to put a real streak together with the game against Chicago and put you onto that stretch of more difficult contests the middle of next week and beyond in, in a much better position. So it's you, you, nobody likes pressure. Uh, pressure causes anxiety, and it's, sometimes it can bring out the best in you, but nobody would choose it. I certainly wouldn't. I like the road that's easier traveled, mm-hmm. and everybody's fully aware of that. You win tomorrow, you make life easier on yourself. You do, for sure.
2: But you also, like, to me, it's necessary. To me, beating San Jose, beating Chicago, like, you look up and down the schedule for the Golden Knights, like, there are not a ton of easy games left throughout the rest of this season. There really isn't. You've got Montreal in March, and that's that's kind of from a, from a easy game perspective that's all you've got you you don't want to waste those points so I, you know as as much as you want to make it maybe an easier game on Saturday against Tampa I think that you're gonna be eager in that game to prove where you are in relation to one of the teams one of the league's best teams I, I think you're going to really want to measure yourself against Tampa Bay on Saturday. With a win in San Jose, maybe it takes some of that pressure off, but I still think inherently there's going to be a desire to show out for that game anyway.
0: No, A a week from tomorrow night, it's game on. Yeah. Like, it is. It is. Every single night is a dogfight. That starts with Calgary. Dallas, Colorado, Carolina, New Jersey. Montreal, Florida in a battle. Tampa Bay, Carolina, St. Louis, Philadelphia, California. Like, it, it is it is bad. And then you get into your own division after that Yeah, uh, for the home stretch. So you've got these four games, starting with this homestand, uh, uh, and the uh, the game against uh, Chicago next week is, that's it. And then you got to get dialed in where it's going to be even or you're looking at somebody that might be just as good as you in in the standings and you're a first place team and that's that's high praise
2: it really is and you know you mentioned the stretch you kind of get you get out once you get into that Chicago game it's something in the ballpark of 21 games in 38 days it not only are you playing difficult opposition
0: only one back-to-back though
2: yeah, but you're playing every other day. Like it, it's, it, and there's a lot of travel involved. Like It is a tough schedule for the Golden Knights, but it's also a schedule that will battle test you for the rigors of a playoff series, for the rigors of going two months and four rounds deep. If the Golden Knights are going to be able to navigate the, the back half of February into March and they come out on the right side of things, this team's going to be real dangerous going into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't mind their schedule from a workload standpoint, as much as it concerns me, the competition that they're going they're going to face their their uh, schedule from a workload with only one back to back is is navigable in the sense of you can you can get through it and be able to uh, have some off days practices. There's a couple of stretches where you get two days off, so uh, I'm I'm okay with it uh, on that front. Hey, on the, on the the subject of getting things going. Mm-hmm. Seventeen four goals for and against. Yeah, in the in the three games coming out out of the pause. The one area that hasn't connected is the power play. Sure. Uh, have you? What have you seen in the power play? And and then I'll offer my thoughts. But I, I'd, I'd rather I don't want to influence your opinion. I I
2: think that it's it's lacked the quick puck movement we saw earlier on in the year. When the Golden Knights were. At their best on the power play in December, they were moving the puck quickly. And, and of course, without Mark Stone, you know, kind of off to the side of the net or net front, making those plays quick to the net, I I think it's taken a little bit of dimension out of things for Vegas. And they're also a team that hasn't really had a lot of opportunities on the power play. So I think a little bit more um, time might yield better results. But right now, I, I feel like they're just kind of holding on to pucks a little bit too much.
0: I've really liked the times that Jack's been on the other side. I've, I've enjoyed his distribution. Yeah. I like seeing Jonathan Marchestown in the one-timer spot. I think he'll, he takes the one-timer more than, than Jack, as Jack does like to, to pass in, in those situations or, or go down low. So given that wrinkle, uh, I, I'm excited about this power play starting to connect and, and seeing that, and with that option, because we know Jack's very comfortable uh, on his one-timer wing on, on the left side, yep. but uh, watching him move the puck and it's moving the puck quicker on the, on the right wing, uh, I, I like that that look. It's not a spot that Jack's overly familiar with. In fact, this year is the first time that he's played that spot uh, as, as a professional, but I, I'm encouraged by them trying that out a, a couple of times recently.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that that kind of opens up maybe a little bit more options if Jack's going to hold on to the puck. He's got a little bit more freedom maybe to, to, to move more on that side. Maybe bring himself up toward the blue line and then skate downhill, open things up, and, and maybe utilize his, his skating to open lanes. But, again, to me, it just doesn't seem like they're moving the puck as quickly as they were in December where they were so good on the power well, play. Well,
0: one thing that will open things up a lot will be Jack finding his shot. Yeah. And he, on the power play the other night, well, he was on the left side, Took the shot and was going short side shelf, which is the blocker side and the goaltender, and just missed. And the puck went all the way out, and uh, he wasn't happy. That wasn't a a, a great power play by them, and they were all a little frustrated at that man advantage. But he ended up scoring in that spot later, and uh, he was on the ice at the end of practice. I was doing something with Jonathan so on the sideboards, and, uh, and he came by. He's always curious. He's such a rink rat. He is such a rink rat, and I love every part of it. I don't know whether you heard his dad, uh, Bob, well, when we had him uh, on the air uh, on the TV side in in Nashville. But he said there was one New Year's Eve where Jack was on the ice, on the outdoor rink, for 20 hours in a 24-hour stretch. Like, uh, that just sums up. And he's, like, one of the last three guys. Today he was on the ice with Paul Cotter and Brett Howden at the end of practice. They were the last three guys. The guys were, were changed, had lunch and some guys might have been gone from the rink if they didn't need treatment those three are are still on the ice he is such a rink rat but uh but he skated by and wanted to know what we were doing and i said blocker side and you know what Uh, he just he loves that spot he can hit that spot if he starts hitting that spot uh a little bit more regularly that is going to force the defenders to really pressure him when you do that it opens up down low that opens up the bumper spot, and, and you could see it continue. So Jack being on, on his one-timer side, on the left side, uh, and then being able to hit his shot in that, uh, in that environment, or being on the other side where he's a more distributor, those options, it, it, uh, I'm excited about, about this power play getting into uh, a bit of a groove. At what point, how much is Jack going to take that shot? Oh, I don't think he uh, would hesitate for a second. Okay. All
2: right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that you're, you're right on the money in that Jack's going to have to be a shooting threat from wherever he is on the ice. Whether that's on the right side trying to help facilitate and distribute, he's still going to have to have the ability to take a shot and, and put pucks on net. But if he's on that one-timer side, if he's on the left side, he's, he's got to let it rip. Well, he, he doesn't take a lot of one-timers. Then which side is best for him?
0: Well, he he likes shooting from his one-timer side from from his from his off off wing, Uh, but but he doesn't. He practices his one-timers as much as anybody I see. Mm. He is out there like he's very capable. He does he doesn't take a lot of them. I would like to see him take more. Sure. If 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 nothing else, to force the the opposition to have to uh, really uh, concentrate on that, and that opens up other spots, just like the the scoring on that shot. So I, I would like to see him take more. It's it's one of the reasons why uh, seeing Marshosov on the left side and Jack on the right side, because Marshosov is more apt to to take the, take the one timer. Yeah. Now Jack will shoot if Jack sees an opportunity to shoot, especially when he's got the puck on the stick. Uh, he, he's not shy uh, about taking that. Nor nor should he be. Like I I I mean that as a, an absolute compliment. Take that take that shot. But I'd like to see him take the uh, the one timer a little bit more. Uh, if he's on that spot or if he's in the stop uh, spot, he's a uh, he's a great distributor yeah. uh, of the puck. Uh, Bruce Cassidy spoke today. They were back on the ice. They worked uh, a lot today on the power play uh, at the rink, and there was uh, times where he met with the units before they went to work uh, for their respective. Uh, R- uh, rhythms through the through the uh, and r- uh, routines through the uh, uh, power play work. So uh, that was interesting to see. Here's Bruce Cassidy at City National Arena. The
1: fact that you guys don't take very many penalties, do you think that affects how many you get? You draw.
3: It may. It may. Referees may subconsciously say, "Geez, I've only put them in the box once." I'm not. You know, I think there's a lot of infractions. It seems like we don't get go our way. Like some of them are obvious, like the Martinez high stick the other night and mini was, you know, like, I don't know how it, but in fairness, they did apologize for that. Um, I think it does, but not not to the point of where we're going to make it an issue, to be honest with you.
1: So then with that, like, do you think you need to draw on board?
3: Well, we, we should. I mean, if we play in the inside and we get to the the good ice, that's typically where penalties are called, when there's hooks in those scoring situations, in the slot, net front battles. Um so those are some areas that i think that we can be better at challenging guys one-on-one at times a little more often um other than that i don't know what else you know we need we're strong on our skates i'll say that we're a big team so we're not a team that goes down easy sometimes you're going to get a call every second game just from a bit of that sort of thing like the one on will the other night with zegras right he does hit him in the back of the leg or pants enough to knock him off balance so a lot of times you know sometimes or Oftentimes we don't go down on those and you're not going to get that call. So some of it is I think we're, we're a, a strong in our skates type of team as well. Would you rather be a team that's playing hardly any penalty games or a team that's like 5-5? Five, five? Yeah. Well, I think our 5-on-5 five five game is coming around. So personally, I, I think that's more playoff indicative when you can play that type of game. So for that reason alone, I think it's, you're better off building your, your game that way um that is changing in the playoffs now i'm seeing more and more penalty calls five on threes um when our power play is back up to speed i'd say we would be comfortable in those games because you know we can score on it our penalty kills really done a good job probably since november on so comfortable with that too so to me either way i prefer the five on five personally but if it goes that way we got to be prepared to win it
0: yeah. San Jose tomorrow. and think you got 11 of your last 27 or so games are in the Pacific. I guess how much of it is kind of winning those matches
3: now? Well, we wanted to put an emphasis on Ben, no matter who we played. Coming out of there. it, happens to be Nashville. Many were chasing us. Anaheim's in a different boat. Same with San Jose. But to me, yes, we got to be better against. Specifically, the teams we're competing for positioning for. The, we got Calgary three more times, Edmonton twice, and uh, coming up here. So you know we have to do a better job. We let LA get points out of this building. Seattle earlier. So, those are the games I think. And San Jose is no different, don't get me wrong, but those are the ones we, we need to be better if we expect to finish higher up in, a, in, a, in our division because those are you know, essentially four point games, so you can't be giving them away. You watch a lot of games
2: right
3: now? I watched uh, San Jose and Pittsburgh most of it last night. I watched uh, a lot of uh, Tampa and Colorado. I thought Colorado played great. Vasilevsky was awesome the first two periods. Tampa finds their game and gets the win. But that's because we're playing those two teams next. So um, this week I did because we're not always preparing for our, You know what I mean? We finally had a week where we get a couple of days to, you know, um, dress up on Monday and then uh, sit on your couch last night type of thing. And tonight, get to watch Tampa, Arizona. They're coming up. So it's kind of nice to get back into the swing of what's going on around the league. Besides those five minutes you know, the videos you watch on the NHL.com to catch up. It's nice to see a little more than just that.
2: Do you pay attention to the tree bus, all that stuff?
3: Uh, I'll read the, like I read certain websites. So some of it's on there. Um, some of it's out of curiosity. I think baseball, football, well, football is different. I shouldn't say that because they don't, you know, they do their deals in the summer. Around this time, it's natural to talk about it, so you get sucked into a little bit of that. And how much is legit, how much isn't? But it's always good to see what's out there. I just realized I lived the life
0: of a National Hockey League coach. Okay, and what I mean by that is, last night riding the bike, yeah. I watched Colorado and Tampa. Mm-hmm. I had that game on because they're playing Tampa Bay this weekend. I want to, and I always watch the. A team broadcast that we're playing, like, yeah. so we we're, we're, Tampa Bay in Colorado. I'll watch the Tampa broadcast sure. because uh, Vegas is playing Tampa this weekend. And then I flipped it over to the uh, Pittsburgh uh, uh, San Jose game because they're playing San Jose uh, on on Thursday. It's more yeah. night. Yep. Same thing, and uh, and I watch a lot of those recaps on, on NHL.com if I can't catch a, a a whole game. I like I am just that close. To being a National Hockey League coach when I'm doing the same things as Bruce Cassidy is. How are you at crossword puzzles? I'm telling you right now, I'm getting better. I do my daily theme crossword. I spend about uh, 25, 30 minutes a night. That's my wind down. Really? I make sure I do my three crosswords for that day okay. uh, into it. And uh, some of them are repetitive questions, but I, I'm, I'm a lot. I told you this. I, I started doing crosswords after my bike accident because yeah. I had to start firing the brain up a sure. little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. forcing me to, to think a little bit without uh, being in a situation where I was going to feel big pressure. So I used it as a challenge. And that's another thing Bruce and I have in common. So I, 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 I'm right there. If, essentially if, if anybody wants to, to, to get me to coach their team, give me a shout right now because I'm living a shadow life to Bruce Cassidy right now. Yeah, I mean essentially you you guys are one and the same. Yeah. He he looked good in the Jordans the other night. Sure. At the gala. Yep. I love my uh, Nike SBs and I wear them with suits every now oh, and then. Who's, so who's better on the bike? Wow, that we gotta go bike. Did you listen to the podcast with Bruce? You didn't listen, did you? No. Well, you got to go back and listen to that conversation oh, that Bruce on. and I have Give us about a little the bu- bit. no, no, a no, bit. A ma- no, no. This is about this. Is, now you're getting into my monetary side. Really? Yeah. Wow. I yeah. got my downloads. You got to smash that like button. Smash that like button. And you, you, like you, you, like you got to listen oh. to the to the
2: <laughs> Yes, everybody. But go Bruce, smash Bruce the and I, like
0: the Chirp at the Art podcast with the National Hockey League. Uh, it was a great, comp- Bruce and I actually did it in New York City, a fireside chat uh, at, the, at the hotel, at our, the team hotel in New York City. And we had a great setup and we talk about uh, our, our love of biking yeah. and whether or not we're going to get out to Red Rock and go for a, for a spin.
2: My, my money's on Bruce.
0: For sure. Yeah. Uh, that was the question that I asked. I, I would think, I would think that he would be, who's bet-
2: better on the bike?
0: Well, here's the thing. I don't go fast down the hills anymore. Okay, I I don't I. But you were just, but thunder Size, You're talking about no, how you're up, able to you're hill. able to beat anybody up a hill. Up hill, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine going up. But I mean,
2: you should be able to leave everybody in your dust that you can cruise down.
0: Yeah. No, down down hills. Then, you know, the hills got to be your friend, and I I don't pedal very hard, uh, going down those hills. I'm getting a call from a coach in the National Hockey League right now.
2: Again, like I said, one in the same. It's it's tough
0: having a fan club. Where it's where needed. would
2: you uh, where would you rank uh, among the handsome coaches in the NHL?
0: Oh, I played that game.
2: I know you were the most handsome on the show, but I'm yeah, asking. I was in the National you. Hockey League.
0: I was I was the most handsome panelist. What, what do you what do you Analyst. think I'm going to do?
2: Lie about it?
0: And and what I, who, I, am I, just, my Chapman? I don't know because it's science. I can't say that, uh, that, I'm, that I'm better looking than uh, Bruce Cassidy, whether it's David Quinn or Palmer, I can't say I'm better looking than them, but I'm confident. Even with the scars, I'm confident. Uh, we've got one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League. But before we go to break, uh, the the line is good. We're down to about ten people now. Yep. Uh, so another reminder to get over here if if. Actually, you'll, you'll cruise through the line now. Yeah. Uh, another person just walked in now, so that's, uh, that's good. Uh, we have uh, this great setup of uh, swag some oil shirts, uh, some Fox Sports Las Vegas shirts, calendars here, water, yep. liquid death water.
2: Yeah, murder your thirst, There, Yeah,
0: that, uh, that is great. We got, uh, you can enter for, for Beck tickets. Yep. Into the hopper. Yes, into the hopper. Yeah, this is this is water here. The I, the hopper's I, that direction. I like I like the hopper. Uh, we got uh, news notes, uh, one timers on the way on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two on one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores.
1: It's time for one timers. One timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show.
0: Don't like to do this, but uh, it does merit uh, the significance uh, of the loss of the hockey world as Alexander Ovechkin's father uh, passed away. Mikhail Ovechkin was 71 years old and Alexander Ovechkin has left the team, uh, did so yesterday, actually addressed the team and then went uh, went back to Russia, uh, to Moscow and so he is grieving the loss of his father and uh, I was talking to a couple of people who, who are tight with Obi or no Obi have been in the same circles as, as Obi, uh and would be in a position to talk about Obi's parents and the relationship because they were they were very much present with him when he came over for and uh into long parts of his career and his mom is famous for uh cooking and making and uh looking after him but uh Interesting relationship, and in, in, in how I was uh, told this, that mom was like the driver yeah. for 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 Obi and his passion and his uh, physical gifts. Mom was was the driver of that. Dad was the fun-loving parent of the two. Yeah, and was always laughing and 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 having a good time uh, around. So it a, a lot of the times we default to dad's the. Uh, hard guy and and pushing these athletes and and mom's a support group, and in, in this was uh, this sounded a, a bit off, uh, opposite in, in the sense that Mikel was uh, was was really always, always, a scene with a smile on his face.
2: Yeah, and you know for, by all accounts just beaming with pride, over his son and, and what Alex Ovechkin was able to and has been able to accomplish in the NHL. So, um, you know. As uh, someone that has lost both parents, uh, condolences to Alex Ovechkin. Uh,
0: Nick Backstrom was quoted as saying, "The one thing I'll always remember is that uh, that Mikhail was always happy. He would always smile. Uh, we we both didn't speak English in the beginning, but we could understand each other with our hands. And and that goes to another thing mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that Mikel uh, was was always communicating and, and very." Uh, interactive uh, with his hand. So uh, we don't know when Alexander Ovechkin will return. He's not going to participate uh, in the Stadium Series game this weekend at uh, the outdoor game uh, with the Washington Capitals taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, but it will be it will be a while. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks have placed Jonathan Taves uh, on injured reserve with an illness, though. Okay. Uh, he was. Uh, this was retroactive to February seventh. Non-COVID related illness. Uh, he missed his fifth straight game when the Blackhawks visited the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, tonight. So that's uh, that. Throws. I, I, I think because of an illness, it, it should leave the possibility of any potential trade still in the works. But uh, it does grab your attention when you see that that he's placed on injured reserve. Now that. Patrick Kane isn't going to New York. And there's there's the talk of it was the Rangers or the Maple Leafs. Those are the two teams mm-hmm. that he wanted to go to. Yep. yep. Which is, is interesting because he wanted to play with Panarin, but Tarasenko's there. And he was not overjoyed with the trade. He was very yeah, he was, he open was, to talk about it. He was angry point. about it. Yep, And, and Toronto, I, I don't see how they could ever fit the, the cap number in. But they basically already have Patrick Kane, and Mitch Marner. Right. Like Mitch Marner watches when before Mitch Marner became a National Hockey League player. Yeah. He would watch every shift Patrick Kane played. He was the biggest Patrick Kane fan. Yeah. And and he has developed into Patrick Kane the second. So Patrick Kane going there would be kind of odd because they've already got Patrick Kane in 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 a lot of. Uh, census do you think that there's a chance that neither Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane are moved
2: I I think that that's been a possibility from day one
0: Um, I I thought one of them would go for sure
2: I I I don't know what to read on on Jonathan Taves like I really don't with Patrick Kane I just think that that there comes a time where you've gotta you've gotta move on you've gotta turn the page and you know well they the, can the, do that in the summer and though the value for a player like Patrick Kane was going to be that uh, was going to be the biggest asset that you can get back if you're Chicago like all things being equal Patrick Kane should run you a higher return a bigger return it's yes. priority over say a Jonathan Taves um, I don't know I mean if if the only two places Patrick Kane will go to.
0: That's we're, what I've heard. We're, we're, I don't know whether that's and, true or and not. And I'm just saying if, right? If. he And he may change that sure. knowing that New York's out of the running.
2: Sure. Now, if, that, if you move the goalpost a little bit or he opens it up to, to maybe Toronto and one or two other teams, then yeah, I mean, I think that there's a legitimate way to, to go about doing that to move Patrick Kane. But if it's Toronto or bust, I don't know how you make the money work. And I don't understand where the fit is. Within the Maple Leafs, I just I don't. As you mentioned, yeah. they already have a Patrick Kane. Now, with Jonathan Taves, I think there's and they,
0: they they need some help on the blue line. So acquiring Patrick Kane seems a little counterproductive.
2: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't help them in in where. So who do
0: you think who do you think moves? Or do you do you I, think that there's a legitimate possibility that they both stay? I I'm now on board that I'm probably 70-30. That they both stay, and if one does move, I think Kane moves. But I I think seventy percent they they both stay now.
2: I don't I don't get the sense that either one of them are going. I really
0: don't. Now, do you think it could be the last dance for one or both of them? If I'm Chicago, I'm not
2: bringing either one of them back. I think Patrick Kane will play in the league again. I, I don't know about Jonathan Taves because this is a player that has missed a full season, albeit a shortened season, but a full season due to an illness. So until I get, until we know more about what's keeping him out of the lineup, I don't know.
0: What salary range do you think the two of them fit into moving forward?
2: They're so different. They're ten right? million cap hits right now. Yeah, um, I mean if I'm if I'm a team looking to sign a Patrick Kane, I, I'd like to get that given the year that he's having right now and I'm not going to reward him for past performance I'd say somewhere in the ballpark of six and seven
0: you got to take into account I, his team right
2: sure but I don't think that you need to spend more than six to seven million dollars on Patrick Kane
0: I wonder if he will you you'll be able to get him at a discounted price because he's piled up so much cash and championships uh, what about Jonathan Taves? He's had a great year. Yeah, I... A really good year.
2: I, I I'd put him at... quite a, Like a quite
0: sneaky I, good year. I put
2: him at a solid five.
0: Really? Yeah. So a 50% pay cut. Yeah. Centerman. Yes. That's, be 35, but he's 28 points in 40 games. That's not bad. 14 goals. He's missed a bunch of games. Um... I'm putting, I'm putting Patrick Kane at $8 million, Eesh. and I'm putting Jonathan Taves at $4 million. And I think Jonathan Taves plays for his location, like he'll pick. Uh, I don't think uh, you're going to see one of those uh, New Yorks, Torontos, anything like that. Uh, I think you could see Jonathan Taves ending up in Western Canada and uh, playing for a Canadian team and giving them some, some depth at center. On a, on a two-year deal. I, I can see that happening. Taves, uh, uh, more emotional. Kane, I think, still wants to play and buy for a championship. And I can see that being a, more a, a New York. Or uh, is he part of the... I, I don't think it happens, but you got to mention it. Uh, a Buffalo scenario where he goes in and helps them out. Uh, his dad uh, is in... Uh, I don't think his dad flies. I think his dad drives everywhere. Okay. Uh, so that would, which one of the reasons why New York and and, and Toronto were in the mix. Uh, so uh, I could see him being a guy that plays a little bit longer on a contract and a little bit higher and still wants to to be part of a winning environment. More emotional than championship aspirations for Taves.
2: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: You agree with that or no?
2: I think I think Jonathan Taves. Is is hard for me to get any type of handle on any type of read on. So um, I do think that if if he's healthy and able, he'll probably play somewhere be, besides Chicago. That being said, where I don't know. At the price point, I agree with. I, I do. I, I think four to five million dollars. That's where I'd put. I could see Taves
0: in. re-signing with Chicago. I think Kane's out. I I, I could I could see Taves.
2: I don't know. I don't know why I would do that. If I'm the Chicago Blackhawks,
0: uh, Thatcher Demko practiced with the team in a full skate for the first time since December 1st yesterday, and plans to be the Canucks' backup against the Philadelphia Flyers this weekend. So that uh, is good timing for my buddy Rick Tockett getting the number one goaltender back in in the fold. Has has a played in. I get this has gone on two and a half months now yeah. uh, without Thatcher Demko. And not surprisingly, the team didn't fare well, not surprisingly uh, because we've heard rumblings of a coaching change happening before that. But uh, but they're going to uh, start uh, Artur Siloves uh, for this NHL debut against the New York Rangers tonight.
2: I, I think it's good news, obviously, for Thatcher Demko that he's getting closer and closer. And... It'll be nice for Rick Tockett to have Thatcher Demko as an option. Sooner than later.
0: Thatcher's a pretty wound guy. Yeah. The time away has done a lot of good. Good. I, I know this from my relationships with the guys at Ingle. Sure. Uh, Ingle Radio, the podcast that I'm a part of. And it's it's been really good. We've seen uh, a loosening of Thatcher Demko. And it's been it's been enjoyable to to see and interact with. Uh, uh, it's it's been really positive. Mikey Anderson, LA Kings, eight-year deal. Yes, yes, eight-year he did. Year deal. Not like not the highest AAV. Nope, thirty-three million dollars over an eight-year deal. It, Cost it, control. No, no. This is one of the lowest AAVs yeah. I've heard of yeah. in an eight-year deal. I. I, I'm, I'm going to do some looking into this, kay. but it might be the lowest AAV over an eight-year deal in NHL history.
2: Well, it's, something's got to
0: balance out Drew Doughty, right? Four point one million dollars over eight years. Yeah, that's that's a it's a really interesting contract for Mikey to, to sign.
2: I mean, I think that you've got a player that that loves his setup, loves where he's at, and he's only 23. I'm surprised I, he went for eight years at four. I, I think that you've got a you've got a good spot. You know exactly what you are within that lineup. You're a stay at home defenseman, top pair defenseman for the Los Angeles Kings. I, I think, you know, you you recognize kind of where this team is going, and you then want to sign be a part for of
0: three, it. Three sign for two. No, 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 no.
2: I've on Mikey Anderson. I, I'm good here. I, I I he's not going to light it up offensively. He's not going to do. But the, the thing. cap's going to go up. I I get that. I do. But again, like. Mikey Anderson's not going to have a Norris caliber season. He's not going to, to have a 60 or 70 point season where you're going to get into the 5, 6, 7 million, 8 million dollar range like you know what you are as a player you're in a really good spot playing with a team that's, that's about, to, uh, about to take another step I, I understand it from the player perspective. Plus people like living in Los Angeles
0: Only two goals this year, mm-hmm. tools last year. Like his career high is two. Has has had uh, yeah, yeah, right two. now. He's got uh, career high assists. But he's only twenty three. There's more to give. I, I'm not going to say he's the same player. Uh, that's not fair. I don't know enough about Mikey. But let just look at Alec Martinez. Has has range on both sides and developed that uh, that offensive game. There was a little bit more to start with with Alec. Yeah, certainly, but. An eight-year contract at $4 million it's just... Look, I'm the most conservative that's, person in the world with that's, money. That's, that's and okay. and I, I would take that, too. I I would take it as well. That's, so I'm a hypocrite when, yeah. I, when I challenge it. But uh, as a 23-year-old defenseman, and it's a really, really good, stable, uh, safe defenseman, yeah. I think he left money on the table.
2: I think that you're looking at $2 million per goal this season. So good on him.
0: The uh, the idea though uh, is the taxes in California.
2: That I that I understand. Yeah,
0: that, that's that not I good. Uh, Those are your one timers for this Wednesday, February mm, on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: Wait, we have tickets. What? Yes. For which game? For the Dallas Stars game on when the, is that? That is Saturday, February. How many
0: tickets do we have?
1: Well, one pair. So you and your friend or wife or husband or whomever you choose to take with what you. if
0: i what if i just want to take the two tickets and sit by myself
1: you could do that too
0: all right what if i wanted to give it away to somebody i don't even know
1: you could do that too
0: all right so two tickets available uh what's the number Chapman? well
1: we had brett howden on today so why not go with number 21
0: All right, number 21 to 702 876 1340. Call right now. You've got two tickets if you're calling number 21 on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman.
0: Oh, Christopher.
1: Hi, Darren. So the last couple of weeks, I, I have gained a newfound appreciation for my mother and father uh, with because I've been basically dad's uber service for the last couple of weeks with my son. He's now in high school and he's performing concerts all over town and there's rehearsals every night all over the city. So I have been relegated to going all over the city to pick him up and, and take him and you know, I think sometimes we don't have an appreciation for all the little things that our mom and dad did for us when we were younger. Uh, my parents used to drive me all over New Jersey for track and for all sorts of other stuff. And, you know, I think just give a nod to, to Linda and Harold for the job that they did when, when you know, we like I said, we didn't appreciate those types of things maybe as much as we should have. and. Now that I'm doing it, I have a newfound appreciation for all the stuff that they used to do and all the gas my parents used to go through getting me all over the the area.
0: So this is all about costing you cash?
1: Sort of, yeah.
0: So the only reason why you appreciate your parents... Is because now it's biting you in the wall.
1: Yes, uh, yes. It's. I mean, it always is about me. I mean, it's It's. Oh, I know, it's this, catching this up with segment. Chapman.
0: But, but, I did, but the point is, it's not about the great sacrifice and time and dedication of your parents. It's about the fact that now it's costing you gas money. Yeah, well, when they and were doing it, it was you. only
1: 99 cents a gallon. So.
0: <laughs> oh, boy.
1: And someone pumped it for you where I grew up.
0: I thought for sure you were going to talk about the uh, Man City win today.
1: Well, I don't care about them.
0: No, but they beat Arsenal. They did. So So
1: when you talk to the two uh, Maroons, one of those guys is an Arsenal fan, so you could kind of uh, rub some salt in his wounds. The younger one, right? Yes, the one who wears glasses. I
0: saw the uh, other one today. Didn't get a chance to talk to him. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. Love that guy in Ed Graney. He's a good dude. Listen to him every morning from 7 to 10 on the other station across the hall. Well, not from here. It's like across a couple of roads from here. Uh, Thanks for listening to the VGK Insider show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Game day tomorrow, back to work against San Jose.